You know, Christmas time is a very special time, and we started a series called Classic Christmas because, truthfully, there's a lot of things that emotionally we expect out of Christmas. Last week, we talked about comfort. This week, we're going to talk about the good part, the gifts. Or cookies could be a gift, but the gifts. Now, I don't know about you, but I have every year going into Christmas certain gifts that I drop little hints to starting like in August, right? Uh, Well, now, sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. But I want to show you a video of what typically happens to me and a lot of us when, when we don't get what we've been hinting toward. Watch this. Last week, uh, I issued a challenge. I asked the parents of America to put a, pull a little holiday trick on their children. We did this on Halloween with candy and got a lot of response to it. So we did it again, this time for Christmas. I asked parents to tell their kids they were going to let them open one present a few weeks early. But instead of a good present, I said, put something the kids won't like in the box and then upload a video of that to YouTube labeled... Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, I gave my kids a terrible present. And a lot of people did do this, and um, they did give their kids terrible presents. And a lot of the kids, surprisingly, reacted poorly to that. What is it? An old banana. An old banana? Isn't that exciting? What are you doing? Pushing that. Oh, okay. Wow. A battery and an onion. What's wrong? I don't want an onion. Did you smell your onion? Here, smell it. What do you tell me all the time about my cooking? I love it. You love my cooking, so I made you something. So you don't want that peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I'll eat it. I'll eat it. Open it up. You didn't want that for Christmas? You're Take this back. Take it back where? This is yours. Isn't that what you asked for? No, I asked for your 
What did you say about Santa? Why? Because you gave me a stupid Hello Kitty chest. What did you get, Jason? Some black beans, cheese, and a Waffle House hat. What's in there? A Santa. Oh, you got a Mr. Potato Head. They're from Santa. They're not. Did Santa I... did not have those things. You, I saw you in the car in the garage. Those things were not from Santa Claus. Are you upset? about what to get you this year. Well, you didn't do a very good job. It's the worst Christmas I ever had. <clears throat> and let me just tell you, we cut that off because it got even worse from there. But you know, <clears throat> we often don't get what we think we should get and so when we're given a gift, there's a couple ways that we react to that. Either we start pouting immediately, or we accuse God of not listening to us, right? Now, I don't know about you, but I've had multiple moments in my life where I didn't necessarily get uh, anything that I could really use or, or anything that I truthfully, it was even on my radar that I really wanted. And, and there's one particular time that I did that to my father, where uh, I went to, <clears throat> I sold, how many of you ever sold as a kid that wrapping paper and the Christmas cards and all that for your schools, and they would send you that little book that told you all those prizes that you could get if you sell enough of that stuff, and so I picked out one year uh, harmonica for my dad. Now, you need to know that my dad uh, is, I'm a lot like my father, we're not musical in any way. And so my dad doesn't know how to play the harmonica. That's not exactly true. My dad can sing. I don't know what. He, he can sing, but he can't play anything. And so I decided I was going to get my dad a harmonica. Now, he couldn't use that harmonica. He didn't have any idea what to do with that harmonica. But I wanted him to have that so bad that I remember when it came in the mail, I ran in my room, I opened up the box, and I hid it in my closet. And as Christmas got closer, closer, I wrapped that up and I put it underneath the tree. And every day I would go to my dad and I'd be like, Dad, that, that right there, that's the present that I got for you. That, that right there. And there's a couple reasons I did that. One, because I was really excited about my dad getting that gift. But two, because I always loved my parents more than my sisters did. Which, by the way, before I continue, my little sister is here today from Colorado. She came from Colorado just to bring us all weed. Greg, Greg got all excited. But anyway, so Christmas, Christmas was getting closer, and we decided that 
we were, I, you know, I couldn't wait for my dad to open up this gift. And so I remember my dad, <clears throat> uh, Christmas morning, and before anyone got presents, I ran to that gift and I gave it to my dad. And I said, open it, dad, open it, dad, open it. And so my dad unwrapped it and he looked at it. And I'm sure inside he's thinking to himself, what am I going to do with a harmonica? But he didn't show that to me, and he grabbed me, and he said, Brad, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I have to tell you that I held that even to this day. It's one of my favorite gifts I was ever able to give at Christmas time. Now, let me fast forward about 30 years, right? My kids get to do something pretty cool at school that I never really got to do, and that's have a Santa shop, right, that they get to go and they... They get to pick out toys, and they get to bring those things. And one year, my son went and got gifts. Now, i got to be honest with you. Where are my kids at? Where's Jay? Is he back there? Jay is not good at picking out gifts. All right, I'm just, we'll just keep that here. But my son, Jordan... One year, got me a gift, and he put it under the tree, and he could not wait to give it to me, right? And so I remember, he, he'd be like, Dad, you know, wait till you see what I got you. Dad, wait till you see. And so finally, it was Christmas Eve, and he couldn't wait any longer. And he said, Dad, we have a tradition in our house. We get to open one gift at Christmas Eve. Now, it's kind of lame because everybody gets pajamas, right? But this year, I opened up Jordan's gift. And so Jordan gets it, and and... Believe it or not. Now, let me tell you what's cool about this. I have no idea how to play this thing. And for some reason, it says Mississippi on it, which I've never lived. And thank you. (laughs) But when when I opened this, there were two things that came to mind. And the first one was this. I had never told my son that story. Ever. And my son, now, one thing I thought is, there's some harmonica company that can't wait till Christmas because sons buy their dad's harmonicas. (laughs) It's just Lewis. Lewis. But, But more importantly than that is this. I didn't want a harmonica. I didn't ask for a harmonica. I didn't need a harmonica. I don't even know how to play a harmonica. But a harmonica was one of the greatest Christmas gifts I've ever received. Sometimes in our lives, in our faith walk with God, there are things that he will give to us, that he will pour out to us that we haven't asked for, that we haven't looked for, that quite honestly we think we don't need. And God, for some reason, knows exactly what is the most precious gift to give us. And I want you to understand something. This is what we're going to talk about today. That with God, this is a tradition, right? God started out giving the right gift all the way back at the beginning of time. And the first gift that God gave to us was creation. The very first thing that God gave to us was creation. And he began this intricate moment where this precise breath of God established an unbelievable system of how life would work on this earth. 
And even to this day, we try to predict how that happened. We create theories on what works and what happened. But the truth is this. It was the breath of God that began life in an unbelievable way. And then God said this. While I have created you, I want to give you something. And that became the next gift. And that is this, an apple. And God said this. That while I have created you and I have given you my breath that you may have life, understand this. You don't have to worship me. And I will give you a choice. And while most of us look at that moment when God created that tree and told Adam and Eve, don't go near that tree. You can have anything you want, but don't go near that tree. What God was saying to them was this. You have a choice. And so God's precious gift to us was an apple or a piece of fruit that we call an apple. The third thing, God came to Noah and God told Noah, I'm going to give you a boat. And Noah's friends said, Noah, you are insane. And Noah went to God and said, God, you, you sure you got this right? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but that hasn't rained in a while, right? And God said, Noah, here is your most perfect and precious gift. It's a boat. The third thing, after Noah, God came to Abraham. And God heard Abraham, and God gave Abraham one of the most precious gifts he can give to anybody on earth. You know what that was? A child, a son, Isaac. And God came and told Abraham, I want you to take this most precious gift that I've given to you. And I want you to go to this mountain. I want you to build an altar to me. I want you to lay this most precious gift that you've been waiting on for a long, long time. And then I want you to slit him. And I want you to use his blood as an offering to me. And then God came and said, I'm going to give you a second gift. And that gift is a goat. Then after Abraham, God came to Joseph, the son of Jacob. And Joseph's dad, Jacob, gave Joseph what? Of? There you go. When does any coat? He gave him a beautiful coat, right? And that coat got Joseph thrown into a pit. Thank you, dad. Now, what did God give to Joseph? Because if you remember this story, it wasn't just that he got thrown in a pit because then he got out of the pit and then something bad happened to him again. He got out of that and then something bad happened to him again. He got out of that. And after all this journey, after this faithfulness of Joseph to God, what did God give to him? Power and authority and the right to be the one who could bless his family. Right? Do you remember this story? So what did God give to Joseph? God gave to Joseph power and authority. After Joseph, God gave to Moses a great call to get his people and to take his people out of captivity. And so he did that. And they got all the way to the Red Sea. Do you remember what happened at the Red Sea? Nothing. Right? At the Red Sea, everyone started going, oh, great. Yeah, thanks a lot for this, Moses. Great plan, man. Right? You take us out, and then you really tick the guy off. Now he's chasing us with an army, and you decide to have a picnic. 
You lead us to water. I appreciate that, right? And so what did God give to Moses? God gave to Moses a miracle, right? And he he split that sea. After Moses, God gave to Joshua a beautiful city named Jericho. Now, you remember this story because Joshua had already sent spies into Jericho. You remember this? And those spies came back, and what did they tell Joshua? Dude, you might want to find another city, right? The guys are big. They're all on steroids. Their heads are this big, and you don't want to have anything to do with them. Trust me. Not, not just that, but they got these big walls that we can't even get through. Now, if God's telling you that this is ours, <laughs> dude, we need to find another one. We, we need to get out of here. And so God said, I'm going to give you that. All you got to do is blow horns, walk in a circle, and scream. And so God gave to Joshua a city in Jericho. Following that, God picked out a little shepherd boy. You remember this? He picked out a little shepherd boy. And he gave him the gift of a giant head cut off from a body, blood driven out of it, and he got to ride in a chariot. Now remember, this dude is but a young teenager, right? And this was a giant. So the giant's head is probably about half the size of David at this point. He gets to hold that, I'm sure, like this. We're all like, David was like, no. I bet David was like, oh, because the thing was huge, dripping all over his chariot. He's trying to keep his feet solid underneath him. But he gets to go through this amazing parade. What did God give to David? God gave to David a severed head. How cool is that? What we have to understand is this. It is from that severed moment that God created a mighty king, one of the mightiest of his people ever to reign. God gave and began with David a giant's head. After that came Daniel. You remember Daniel? This is one of those stories we tell our kids because it's really cool, but you really got to think about it. God gave to Daniel the gift of mouths closed. Understand this. There is a pit that they throw men into. And these lions are trained because it happens a lot. That when a man falls, guess what that is to us? Food, right? And I can't wait till that moment. So matter of fact, when they peel back that big rock and the sun begins to come in, guess what I do as a lion? I start to get ready, right? I'm excited now. I'm jumping around. I can't wait for whatever it is. I don't even care what it is that you're about to throw down in this pit. And so they throw down Daniel into this den of lions, trained to just have at it. And as Daniel falls into this, he gets up, and I can imagine just just a little bit of him, because he's human just like us. It's going like this. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. Hey, kitty, kitty, kitty. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the zoo, but I've stood next to one of them little lions, and I've got this, you know, 10-inch thick glass between me and the lion, and I'm still scared because that thing's like, you know, and I'm like, that thing, you know, 
So God gave to Daniel the closed mouths of lions. God gave to Jonah, this is one of my favorite, God gave to Jonah vomit. How cool is that? Because I'm going to tell you, if I was God, I'm just telling you right now, if I was God, he ain't getting it. Because if I'm God, this, this is how messed up I am. Let me just tell you, most of you know this. If you don't know this about me, you'll learn it. But if I was God, and there's this dude that I have told numerous times to get off your butt and go do what I'm telling you to do. First off, you should think to yourself, the fact that I'm talking to you is kind of a sign that I'm going to help you. Right? You're not doing this alone. So get off your butt and, and get going. What's he do? He thinks he can run from me. Right? I talk to you in your home. I can find you. I don't know where you think you're going. He runs, and so God says this, fine, I'll just have this big beast in the water swallow you. And so the beast swallows you. If I'm God, that's the end of the story. Right? There's no protection. You're gone, buddy. I gave you multiple opportunities. But here's how good God is. God gave to Jonah vomit. God gave to Jonah a second opportunity, right? After Jonah came this woman, Esther. God chose an orphan to become queen. God chose this orphan who the world had rejected and gave her, the scripture tells us, beauty. And she became a mighty queen. God gave to Esther beauty and royalty. God gave to Mary, right, that little teenage girl. God gave to Mary a child. And to her husband, a man slightly older, God gave wisdom. Now, there's one thing that you need to really understand about this relationship between Mary and Joseph, and that's this. It's crucial in this. That before every marriage in these days, there would be a time which we now call our engagement period, but we don't treat it like they treated it, where they would become betrothed together. They would, they would have an engagement moment, and it was a service. And your families would come, and people would partake in that. And it would be just like what we call a wedding today, but back then it would be to just get engaged. And you would spend what was usually about a year together. And there was one big rule, and you know what that rule was? That's right. You will remain a virgin. Now what happens to this precious woman as soon as this ceremony is over? And so law tells us, That by law, now they didn't do this a lot, but by law, you could stone her and kill her. Because she had broken the commitment. And so God gave wisdom to Joseph through an angel and said, dude, slow your roll. (laughs) Understand this. There is something way bigger than you in place here. And we're going to give you a little glimpse as to what that's going to be. Immediately following that, God gave to the shepherds. Now, now, you need to understand about the shepherds. The shepherds live their entire lives with sheep, right? So one of the things that we can automatically assume about the shepherds is they're pretty antisocial already. And they don't really know how to be social. So you know what happens when you're antisocial and you don't really know how to be social? You become Greg. Greg. <laughs> Somebody's like... <laughs> 
And Tracy, welcome to One Love Church. <clears throat> you become an outcast. It, it, it just happens because people are awkward around you. They really don't know how to, to deal with you or how to talk to you. And so instead of people coming to you and approaching you and, and can't wait to be excited to be around you, what happens is when you're around, they kind of walk in the other direction. Because it's just awkward having a conversation with you. Because let's be honest, you speak to sheep all day long. Right? And you stink. Right? Because you yell or you, you lay in poo. Because poo is warm. And guess what you start your fires with? Poo. So you not only lay in it, you smell of it. Your food is cooked in it, right? So everything that is the essence of you is poo. You with me? So, so here is this shepherd, these, this group of shepherds together. Stanky, one of the lowest members of society that you can be. And who does God hand pick? To be one of the very first to get an opportunity to meet his son. Stankies. Right? Now, God goes from stankies to who? Royalty. And he selects the wise guys, right? And he says, hey, hey, listen. I need you to get here at this time, at this moment. Now, the wise guys got there when Jesus was like two or three years old, Right? And on this journey, they began this amazing voyage that Christ was going to go on from childhood to, to early adolescence, that he was going to be, you know, this, this great journey that was going to happen with him. And, and we learn uh, little pieces of what happened with Jesus on this journey and how he's maturing into uh, who God has uh, um, um, decided to be here on earth. And what we find out through Jesus is very simple, and that's this. His journey on this earth all comes down to redemption. Redemption. You see, redemption is the gift that a lot of us overlook because we don't think we need it. Redemption is the gift that a lot of us don't want because we think we're pretty good at doing life. Redemption is that gift that God wrapped up in that pretty little bow called Jesus and gave to us in that mighty way. And until we look back and understand and feel out and figure out that all of these gifts on this long journey that come to this amazing moment with this virgin girl and her husband who is naive as all get out, all of these gifts that come up all to this time equal out one main thing. They all have to do with redemption. They all have to do with redemption. The beginning of creation was all about redemption. The apple, all about redemption. Every gift from Noah to Abraham to Joseph, Moses, Joshua, David, Daniel, Jonah, Esther. If you look at all these gifts, guess what they all have to do with? Redemption. It's about God choosing and picking people that aren't getting things right, that maybe have everything against them in life. And in some of these situations, God's choosing people that have all kinds of things. You know, Abraham, Bible tells us, he was a wealthy man. But he had no idea of what God was going to ask him to do and what redemption really meant. And so even to him, God was able to teach him redemption. All these moments over and over and over again lead to Jesus. Watch this. 
You know, my, my harmonica was completely unexpected. I didn't ask for it. I didn't need it. I don't know how to play it. I can't make anything but noise out of it. But it's a great representation of exactly what my life is with God. Because so often on my spiritual journey, I feel like I do nothing to God but make noise. And, and I wonder to myself, what is it about me that makes God think that I am some special gift? What is it about me that made God give up his son? Because what we need to understand is Christmas is amazing. And it's a beautiful moment for us to remember the gift that God has given to us, but we must never forget what it cost God to give it. And we must always remember what the gift was for. 
Christmas is a beautiful holiday. And I pray that we all can enjoy it in the spirit that God has called us to enjoy it. But remember this. God consistently gives you gifts. And you may not see them or hear them. And they may not be what you ask for. And you may not even think you need them. But God's giving them to you. And so I challenge you this week to do one very simple task. And that is this. In your prayers, whenever you pray, do this. Thank God for unseen gifts. Thank God for those blessings that you take advantage of. Thank God for hurt. Thank God for pain. Because it's in those moments that scripture tells us he runs to us. Will you stand with me? As we sing this song, I know that a lot of us come here this morning with questions about our faith. Maybe we are friends with people that, you know, I... I'm a Facebook dude, and so I read all my friends, you know, posts on Facebook, and they drive me crazy, some of the things that they say and conclusions they come up with. But a lot of it comes out with a very simple desire and need to understand what's going on. And in moments of pure evil like this, there's just no answer. But there is a solution. And the solution is simple, and that's complete faith and an understanding that I serve a God who is here, who does listen, who is present and like we learned a couple weeks ago who lasts will you pray with me Father God I thank you so much for the gifts that you pour upon us Father I thank you for Jesus God I thank you for the ability to be able to speak to you and Father to understand that in my need, in my crisis, in my pain, in my hurt, Father, in my joy, in my laughter, and in my love, that, God, I can come to you at any time, at any moment, with any question, and know, Father, that you hear me. And know, God, that I will receive an answer. Father, I know in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, Father, that you said to us that If we can love our children enough to give them gifts, then, Father, how much greater are your gifts to us? And so, God, I pray right now, Father, that you pour down a tremendous blessing upon your people. That, God, in this moment, we will glorify you, not for what we receive on earth, but, Father, what we receive from you. God, we love you, we praise you, we worship you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.